Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode one of A View to a Cocker Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Ninja Sentai Cocker Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show, we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you doing, man? I'm excited. I'm, Dude. I'm on tenterhooks. Premiere episode, season three of season the Super three Sentai of Brothers. Season three this bad boy. This is good stuff, man. I'm excited. It is almost hard to believe uh, that we have come this far and are still doing it. And yet, that is exactly what is happening. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, welcome back to our longtime listeners. If you have just started watching uh, Cocky Ranger and have decided to listen to this show along with it, or uh, just found the podcast by some other means, uh, welcome. So, what, what we do here... What we have been doing for the last two years is we pick a show, uh, one of the Sentai series, and yeah, we specifically, watch... <laughs> yeah, I mean not just any show. That would be that'd be pretty broad. Next season, Friends. That's going to be a lot of episodes, bro. That's a lot, dude. We can't do that in a year. It's too many. But yeah, <laughs> to, so we have to do a couple a... episodes a week. <laughs> I don't have time for that. Yeah, so we pick an episode of a Super Sentai series and we watch it every week. Every week. Even when we don't want to, which usually isn't the case. Like, re- almost never. Almost never do not want to, but every once in a while. Uh, you know, man, life. Life is a crazy, funny thing, and sometimes you don't have time, or, you know, you just have to make time. But generally, we're psyched to do it, and so we watch it, and we share our thoughts with you, the listener. Yes. Uh, first year, we watched Gosei Sentai Die Ranger. Uh, the second year, which we've just finished, was Chosen Sentai Jetman. Now, as we've mentioned previously, we are watching Ninja, Ninja Sentai Kaku Ranger. Boy, I'm going to have to get used to saying that a lot. Yeah, that's a weird... Although it's actually... I feel like it's a pretty easy one to say. Like, Ninja, I already know how to say. And then Sentai is fine. So... Uh, yeah, so let's get into it. Dave, now before we actually start watching Kaku Ranger, we have our officially award-winning opening segment... Shining in the heavens, there are five stars. Oh, by the way, uh, we should probably explain if you are new to the show. <laughs> if, um, you ju- if you're like brand new. Uh, in Die Ranger, that is what they said before they transformed was Shining in the heavens, there are five stars. Uh, and we took that and named our opening segment after it, in which we talk about five things that happened in our life in the last week, or things we want to have happen, or just whatever we feel like talking about. So... Welcome. <laughs> yes. Uh... I'm not sure I was going with that. Like, I thought that there should be some sort of good transitional sentence there, and then I came up with nothing. But I now, will remind you all that we have been doing this show for two years. It's Professionals hey, over here. You, listen, man, I, I'm a little bit rusty, and because we took some time off. But whatever. So our first star of the week, Matt, is our yearly con and I just want to take a moment to talk about like how fun and great it was and encourage you, the listener, to do a similar thing. So every year, we, Matt and I, and our producer, Mark, get together with a bunch of old college friends and respective spouses, and we rent a vacation house, and we just, like, we just hang out for the weekend, 
and we play a ton of board games and like we do our best like we did watch a movie this year we watched blazing saddles because sadly gene wilder just passed away and we all really like gene wilder but everybody leaves tvs and video games and stuff at home and it's just a weekend of like hanging out and you know there's some food and beer and drinks and games and like yeah man it's just so great like it's one of my favorite weekends of the year this year do we started a game of pandemic legacy and we lost the first game which was very frustrating but then we won the next two games it went super well i really really like pandemic legacy i know you matt are not a huge fan uh, we but, also uh, did an episode of the Super Sentai Brothers, which you will never hear because yeah. something happened to the recording. Gone forever. That's a thing that Audacity does. Hooray. So, yeah, we just like, we had a blast. Thanks, everybody. They all listened to the show. So, <laughs> like, unsurprisingly. So, thanks, everybody. We had a great time. It was uh, lovely to see you all. And listeners... Like, life pro tip, man. If you have some really good friends, make time to go away for a weekend and not even have, like, a plan. Just, like, rent a cabin for a weekend and hang out with each other and, like, leave your phones and TVs and everything at home. And uh, it'll it'll be well worth your time. It's a great way to spend a weekend. 100%. That got real sweet and deep. There are no goofs about that. That's just a true thing. Just a real true thing. Speaking to your life. Hey, dudes. I mean, listen. it's, It's 2016. You should be upping your game. You should be, yeah, you should be upping your game. Do that thing. Uh, Anyway, Dave, so what is our second star of the week? So our second star of the week, Matt, is the birthday present that I got from my wife, Beth. So this year, and we're sort of like, you know, comfortably situated, right? So I was like, dang, well, you know, Beth, what do you want for your birthday this year? Which is July the 15th, by the way. And she said, you know, I don't, I can't think of like a thing that I want. I just want you to to put together something like sentimental. And I was like, oh, uh, yeah, that's yeah, great. That's no big. No problem, no big sweetie. big stress on that one. <laughs> Zero pressure. It's like, are you sure you just don't want? Man, okay, I really got to think about this one. So I sat down and I thought about it. And I'm not going to go into like a whole long story about it. Suffice to say that we're both like medieval literature nerds. And so I recorded for her an audio book of the medieval epic poem, Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. And it's like a hundred. Yeah, it's like a hundred pages long. And when I set in on this task, I was like, oh, well. You know, like it doesn't take a super long time to just read it. So this shouldn't be that big of a project, but it'll still be like meaningful for like reasons I'm not going to bother to go into. And like, this is going to be this great present. And then I started, right. And then I started actually doing it. My dudes, recording an audiobook is a way just (laughs) so much larger of an undertaking than you would possibly imagine. It took. No joke, it probably took me like 30 hours to do it. Because like, yeah, well, okay, so I would go in and it's not, this is like a cash recording, right? But for an audiobook, you know, you want it to be like super clean and like really well put together. So I was going in and like eliminating breath noises. So you didn't just hear me going like in between stanzas. And I was like, 
learning all sorts of stuff about how to use Audacity, which took a while because I don't edit this show, so I had to learn all the editing stuff. Right, right, right. Because like producer Mark, he's like, oh yeah, I'll totally help you with it. And then I realized like what an enormous undertaking it was, and I was like, I cannot put this on that dude. He is like a young child <laughs> and is also very busy. So I just did it myself. But I, I fancy... I fancy that it turned out really well, actually. Like, I gave it a, like, when I finally finished everything, I sat down and listened to it, and it's pretty dang good. So, that's my second star, is I made an audiobook, and I felt real good about it. That's really awesome, dude. I'm, what, I'm, what I'm really hearing here is that you have more time, free time than you're letting on. And you really do have time to record that All of Friends in One Year podcast that we talked about. No, dude, this was during the summer and it took, like it ate so much more of my summer than I wanted it to. Like it was like a full work week. It took forever. But it was well worth it because she loved it and, uh, you know, she thought it was a great present. So happy birthday again, sweetie. It did take, it took me like a month after her birthday. I kept saying like, I'm working on this present. I promise. And then, yeah. So, so that's our second star of the week, man. Uh, actually, our third star of the week is also a thing that I did. I mean, all the stars are usually things that we... Never mind. So, it's a thing that I made. Okay, well, Dave, what, what then is our third star of the week? So, I LARP, as I've mentioned before. And in LARP, you have, like, stuff. You have, like, a fake sword and a fake shield. And I recently, like, my character, like, respect effectively. And I went from being, like, 100% a wizard to, like, a fighty wizard. Okay, right and on. I had yeah, and I had a shield from like friggin' ages ago that I had made, and I went to an event with it, and it was like it was terrible, like it was inconvenient to use, and I was like, dude, I got to get me a new shield. So well, I sat you have, down. You have spent the last couple of years upping your game as regards uh, LARP accoutrement. Yeah, 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 like real hard. I've, I've really spent a lot of time, way. right? And so I was like, all right, man. I'm not doing, like, I'm not making a ton of stuff anymore, but I was like, this shield, like, I am going to make this shield. It's going to be rad. So it's kind of like, it's a funky shape, and it fits, like, right on my body and sort of, like, covers all the zones I need it to cover. Uh And then on top of that, I built, like, a detachable strap for it. So, like, there's hooks built into the shield, like, D-ring hooks built into the shield, and I can put a shoulder strap on it and sling it on my back and just walk around with it oh, like an RPG amazing. character. But then if I need to fight, I can take the strap off. And then on top of that, I built in a little like covered, a sealed plastic like uh, window to put my character sheet in. So I can just like roll around with my character sheet in my like in my shield. So if I forget like what my various powers are, I can just check real quick. Dude, that is rad. And then the the best thing I did is the game that I play, like it has wizards, right? But obviously sure. we don't have magical powers. Right, so the right. way that we like throw a fireball, you can't see it, but I'm doing air quotes. The way that we throw a fireball is that we just have like a little cloth packet and it's filled with bird seed and you just huck it at somebody and you yell like fireball. Like if you've, okay, if you've seen the video on the internet where the kid just yells like lightning bolt, lightning bolt. That's basically what's happening. Yeah, that is that thing. Yep, it's that's it, 100%. And so, but you have to carry the packets around, and it's a pain to carry packets and a shield, right? Because your hand is gripping the that's shield. It's a lot so of like, stuff. It's a lot of stuff. So what I did is I like carved a channel in the back of this shield and made like a magazine 
for these spell packets. So I can, I literally, like, I load my shield up with spell packets, and then I can just pull them out and throw them at people. And I sound, like, I sound super, super excited. Like, if you LARP, <laughs> you might understand, like, what a great idea that is. Uh, and I just, I finished it up. I'm finishing, like, the last of the paint on it when we finish this podcast, and it's going to be ready to go, and I'm going to LARP next week, and I'm going to wreck fools, and it's going to be awesome. Dude, that sounds rad. Yeah, so <laughs> that's my, like, giant nerd out. Almost. I do have one more. But before that, Matt, what is our any more like we do a podcast about Super Sentai. Like the whole thing is a nerd out. Like I was gonna say, like let's we, be honest with ourselves. We're not getting too far away from that. <laughs> so what, Matt, is our fourth star of the week? Fourth star of the week, Dave, is okay, so like a week or two ago, and I've been sitting on this because we haven't done a five stars in a while. Yep. Uh but I was out at the bar and I saw outside a bit of commotion. Not like, not like trouble commotion. Not fighty like, commotion. It's no, just, just like a lot of yeah, people circling you. around something. And I said, aha, this looks like something that I want to go see. So I go outside and there is a like street performer, busker, whatever you call it. Okay. Now, normally there's a couple of different like categories of this, right? And usually it's like a guy with like a saxophone or a guitar yeah, and yeah, yeah. playing something and they are of like varying levels of quality and people are giving them money or not, right? Right. Ideally money, but most likely not. And then there are like the second category of street performers who do like tricks. Yeah, so like a like, unicycle juggler or whatever. Exactly, like jugglers, magic dudes. And like those dudes, by the time they get to the street to be practicing or to be like getting, like doing it for money, mm -hmm. they are usually always pretty good at what they're doing. Well, yeah, like you can try, right, exactly. Like if you've, I feel like you've got to be like pretty good or it just almost impossibly ballsy to just go out on the street and juggle and hope people give you money. Okay, this guy was not juggling. Oh, he was also sure, okay. not super good at what he was doing. But mm. what he was doing was fire stuff. Okay. <laughs> okay. I feel like that's the worst thing to not be real good at. Yeah, see, that's the thing. This dude, I think at just one point decided, like, okay, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do fire stuff. And he practiced, like, outside of his apartment for, like, an hour and then just hit the streets. <laughs> So. Okay, just like, just tell me before you start in on this. This does not no end in tragedy, started. right? Okay. No, 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 no. Nobody gets so, Okay, awesome. That's just the first thing that came needed to know. <laughs> so, okay. Now, I'm going to bet that most of you listeners, when you were in high school, at no point went to like a magic and juggling convention like Dave and I did. Well, we totally so did. Might, <laughs> but So you might not know this, but when people like blow fire out of their mouths there's like they make particular sorts of like fluid for that right yeah like it burns very like when you are doing fire tricks you are using something like it burns very clean it's like very sort of you know as non-abrasive as it can be because you're gonna be yeah, like, man. Know, interacting this with it a lot this is not just kerosene. Like, there's a... No, it's it's not... Yeah. It, like, people are not, like, literally putting lighter fluid in their mouth and then spitting it out, like, past a torch. Yeah, Except so... this dude. Because this dude was literally putting lighter fluid in his mouth and spitting it out past a torch. My man, that is not healthy! 
And like you could just see the look on his face like I have committed to doing this and I'm going to do it. But every step of the way, the look on this man's face was I've come too far to quit now, but oh my gosh, I I just like hope that what this have is I okay. done? <laughs> it's Dude, just that, like watching someone like a... learn like on the fly how to blow fire in public was one of the more exhilarating moments I have had in a long time. Dude, that just seems like man, that seems like the first time that dude tried that. Cause I feel like you would know. Or maybe maybe he just didn't know it all. And was just like, man, I don't know how those professionals look so casual about this, but like, this is just the way it's done, I guess. And so he's just like, like it tastes grimacing terrible through it. Giant plumes of black smoke, and you might die every time. Oh my gosh, that's man, that's pretty incredible. <laughs> so that's a fun thing that happened to me, Dave. What is our fourth and final star of the week? Fifth and final star of the week, Matt. There fifth, sorry, five fifth star of the week, five stars. So okay, so our fifth and final star of the week is, and I'm and I'm going to talk it really briefly because I'm just I'm going to have to like li- limit myself. Is there's a Netflix series? It's from well, it's not from Netflix. It's from the BBC and it's on Netflix and it's from a book. And I just like haven't gotten around to reading the book. I know I'm an English teacher. Like I'll read it at some point. But it's called Jonathan Strange and Mister Norrell, and it. Okay, it's got wizards, which I okay, love. I know you love those. Yep, and those innocent, but it's set in England in like 1806, and so those wizards are wearing tricorner hats, which I know that you also love. Which I love so, guys. Like I don't know if I can explain it, but I just think like men's Regency fashion is hella cool. Like tricorner <laughs> hats and like rad coats with like a bunch of buttons like i don't care about wigs like that's neither here nor there but if somehow like that s came back and i could legit wear a tricorner hat and just walk down the street in that i don't know to how to express to you how happy that would make me and jonathan strange and mr norrell is just it's wizards and tricorner hats and they're like bargaining with fairies and like he goes to the napoleonic wars like as the army's magician and nice, is like helping nice. out Wellington by like making giant mud fists and stuff. It's incredible. Like it's so good. <laughs> we've only got we've got one episode left. It's like a seven part miniseries, and each one is an hour, and it's super crazy good. And I'm gonna get the book. I might actually order it this afternoon. I think but I guys, have that book. You can borrow. It. Oh, seriously? Yeah. yeah, totally. Let me borrow that book. That sounds amazing. So, have you read it? If you haven't read it, I no, think I my guess is it. that you should like. Wa- I don't know which order to do these things in because i'm sure the book is better but the miniseries is also real friggin excellent so you could probably flip a coin on that one i don't know but that's our fifth and final star of the week matt so yes let's, let's go watch dude, let's go let's go meet the cocker rangers uh we're gonna go do that it's episode one we're ninjas oh actually this is a new thing if you want to watch along with us this show is on dvd Oh, yeah, that's right. You could just order them. Um, Anyway, so I'm going to go plug my DVDs into my Xbox, and I'm going to watch this episode, and we will be right back. Ninja, ninja! All right, welcome back. So, Dave, um, what do you think about Ninja Sentai Kaku Ranger? There is, dude, uh, there's a lot of show... 
up in that show. Yes, there ma'am. is. Now, now, I will tell you. So, in previous seasons, I had already watched the shows when we were getting into it. Although, I was a little behind on Jetman most of the way through. But I had always, right. I always worked to keep ahead of us. But Right, and, but you are not doing that this time, right? No, but I, I will say that I have already, I had already seen the first episode of Cocker Ranger. I saw it a couple of okay. years ago. Like the day I finished watching Die Ranger, I watched the first episode of Cocker Ranger and then didn't really keep up with it. But I have seen the first episode. So okay. there were things in here that were less shocking to me than they ought to have been. And I'm really excited to find out like that sort of fresh, raw reaction. Dude, I I like I legit had trouble keeping up with my notes. I actually had to pause it once or twice just to like go back and rewatch one or two things to, to like try and suss out what had happened. So here is like it's obviously it's the first episode, they're getting everything started, but this is unique at least as far as I've seen in Sentai shows in that it has a like a narrator. And not just like a voiceover yes. dude. Like this is a guy who is on screen and is kind of like pausing and like jumping in and narrating some things. And so there's a lot of like back and forth. Yeah. So, so the first yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. First of all, the theme song not I think as good as Jetman. Like no. it's okay. But it's not as good as Jetman, but like the cinematic opening is friggin' rad. Oh, yeah, dude, because there's a lot of... Listen, I know that you were talking about being worried that there wouldn't be enough, like, cool ninja stuff in this ninja show. Yeah, I'm not nearly as worried about that as I had been. There's a they're, lot of cool ninja stuff in Like, this they're ninja pretty show. into... Right, they're ninjas, man. So the opening starts off with... It's, uh, it's, the, it's the ninjas, and they're, like, jumping around as, like, energy flashes, kind of anime style, which is great. And then they turn from ninjas into the Sentai heroes. And like they are fighting some dudes. I want to stop you real quick to talk about the ninja costumes that they're wearing. Because the ninja costumes that they're wearing before they turn into their Sentai form are awesome. Yeah, they're super cool. Like they are, what's neat about it is they're like mostly dressed in black, but they all have a little... uh, just like flair. They've got some flair. They've got like highlights of their color. Except for the White Ranger. Except who for is, the White Ranger. Who's dressed, who's all dressed in like white. Storm Shadow. It's amazing. It's so good. I was going to say like Moon Knight, but Storm Shadow is a, is more apt. Yeah, I was. Uh, Moon Knight would have been good though, but yeah, Storm Shadow is 100% the right thing to say there. So we do find out that, first of all, these ninjas seem to be elemental ninjas. At least, like, on some, like, the Black Ninja is, like, burrowing underground. And so I think they have elemental ninja powers, which is amazing. Potentially. 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 Or at least that's just how they're showing it in the opening. Because, like, they right. do but there's show like the Blue Ninja Ranger, like, running across water. Yes. And then they do do the ninja hand, like, the ninja hand signs. Which is pretty rad. Yes, no, we're going to have to learn what those are called at some point, because I think it's going to happen a lot. Oh, I actually, I looked it up. Oh, and then I closed the window. Is it, is but it there nin- is a name. Is it Ninpo? Is that what it is? Okay, Matt, as far as I can tell, they're called Kuji-in, and it's like, it's a... It seems like it's sort of like a syncretistic, like, Buddhist Shinto 
thing. Like, I don't want to say too much about it because obviously, like, I'm not educated on this topic and I don't right. want to be like a jerk about it. Dude, I I am honestly a little concerned about this season because looking into it, it looks like there is a lot of stuff that has to do with like very specific pieces of like Japanese like mythology, religion, and folklore. And I do not want to offend anybody. Okay, man, like, let's, can we just make a disclaimer that, like, guys, we're going to try to find some stuff, but, like, we're really just here for Ninja Sentai Kaku Ranger. Yeah. I'm not trying to do, like, a, a, a master's thesis on on this, and we're going to do our best to not be jerks, and if we are jerks, we genuinely are super sorry, and yeah. please feel free to, like, shoot us a tweet or whatever. Oh, absolutely. Listen, if, if and, we... Uh, and, you know, we'll make a correction. Yeah, if, if you guys know more about this stuff than we do, and judging by conversations I've had with some of our listeners on Twitter and Facebook, like... I feel like it's definitely true. Yeah, that is definitely true. Some of you guys know way more about this stuff than we do. So, if there is something that we say, like, I do not know what this is called or what it means, or if we... Say something and it seems wrong, please let us know, and we're going to try to keep on top of it this year. Right. Particularly if it would make us sound like big jerks, because that's, yes. <laughs> that's not what we're going for. So as far as I can tell, Matt, after like five, I googled ninja hand signs, and what came up is called Kuji In, and I it's it's basically, a, it seems like it's a way to, to do like ninja magic, a, like okay, right aside on. from other things. Like it's not unique. To doing ninja magic, but like ninjas do do it, I guess. And I know for a fact that I have seen it in other in other anime, like Naruto specifically. I know yes. there's like a similar thing that they do. So even if it's not like official, like that is a thing that ninjas do to do magic, I guess. Yeah. So okay, cool. So and then also there's a giant origami crane that's involved somehow. Totally not sure about that. And then I think their giant robots, which we get like a sneak preview of, are people, but with like animal heads, but like robot giant animal heads. Yes. Those have not appeared yet in the show, so we don't really know much about them. Yeah. We just, yeah, clueless. Looking forward to it. Yep. And then the ninjas like run into the moon and that not like literally, but like the moon is setting and they run towards it and then they sort of fade out. So that's pretty ninja-y, which is rad. So... Cool. Yeah, so then we go into the narrator, and the narrator is a big <laughs> goofus. Yeah, and he is up on like a little platform behind a podium with a mic on it. He appears and, he's dressed and in, disappears like, a, in like an explosion and puff of smoke. Amazing. And he's dressed in like a pink kimono, and he's got a fan. And so he, he appears, and he sort of like runs through a real quick history of the Warring States period in Japan. Uh, which I know he is like a little about, about. the uh, the Sengoku era era. Yeah. And he says like as part of this like ninja are like an element of this warfare. And he's like yeah, lots of people were dying, it was very dangerous. And then I think he makes like a a quote he quotes someone like goofy quotes and just says, "I'm so dirty. Good thing I have all my enemies blood to bathe in," which is a weird thing to say. So he then Like, there's a window. This is like a newscaster. There's like a window that appears next to him, and we are seeing this stuff happen. And then the window expands, and we have a ninja fight. And it's the five good guy ninjas, and we know they're the good guys because they're the right colors. Not in a weird way. Uh, (laughs) The right primary colors. And (laughs) let me just be 
we'll clear about that. Yeah, and they They're are the fighting right a dude. Primary colors. Uh, dressed all in black. And it's, dude, it's a rad ninja fight. Like, people are yeah, it's like shuriken. a super cool ninja fight. Like, shurikens hit a dude, and then it turns out that that dude was a log. Like, yep. it's classic kind of ninja fight. Classic ninja stuff. So there's a ninja fight, and then that dude, the ninja who's dressed all in black with no highlighting colors, turns into, like, his head disappears. Yeah, I think Serpentor, except his head is a giant snake head, but then his lips have a face on them. Yeah. So there's, like, a giant snake head, but then the snake lips also have a face that when he closes his mouth, you can see the whole face. And I think maybe that's his real face. Or it's something. A, yeah, it's a double decker snake head. It's it's a weird. It's a weird, weird look, dudes. Look. So there's like a big fight, and he like power like power blasts them into a field, and then so it's the evil ninja and the five good ninjas, and then they are they're like, okay, we have to do it like right now, and they all jam their swords in the ground, and they do like a magical seal, and they are gonna seal him, and his name is Yokai, or well, okay. it's like. Okay, no, he has a specific name. He oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I wrote this a down. Yokai. Now, he, yeah, I I googled yokai because it's a it's a word I'm familiar with, but it wasn't like familiar with enough to like talk about with any like authority. So here is the Wikipedia article on yokai. Okay, hit uh, me because this is some like the enemies in this show are all yokai. So I'm gonna do this up front so we know what we're talking about. Awesome, do it. Yokai are a class of supernatural monsters, spirits, and demons in Japanese folklore. The word, okay, I kind of got that vibe. The word yokai is made up of the kanji for bewitching, attractive, calamity, and specter, apparition, mystery, and suspicious. Oh, okay. Uh, they can also be called ayakashi, mononoke, and uh, mamono. Yokai okay. range eclectically from the malevolent to the mischievous and occasionally bring good fortune to those who encounter them. Often they possess animal features, such as the kappa, who we see in this episode, right. similar to a turtle, or the tengu, which has wings. Uh, other times they can appear mostly human, some look like inanimate objects, others have no discernible shape. Yokai usually have a supernatural power, some of them shapeshift. Uh, so yeah, it is a class of like Japanese supernatural creature, which can, I think, like... Oni are yokai and Tengu are yokai. It's just like a, a broad categorization of thing. Oh, okay, right on. So this dude is a yokai, and they do tell us his name later, but I can't find it in my notes. We'll get there when we get there. And so what they do is the five... So there's like five original ninja rangers, effectively, yes. is what these dudes are. And they do ninja magic to, like, seal this evil snake-headed dude away behind, like, a seal door, effectively. Yeah. And, and they, they trap all the monsters. But they all go in with him. Right. Like, they, like are, like, they, they have to, like, hold on to him, and they all get sucked in together, and then the door shuts. Yes. So they're sealed away. The bad guys are sealed away. And then we go back to the narrator, and he says, he's like... Yeah. Oh, here is his name. The guy's name is Nurayahan, I think. Okay. And so the narrator says, and then once he was sealed away and all the yokai powers were sealed away, the yokai got very depressed and they just like had trouble, I don't know, (laughs) finishing what they set out to do. And like they were just like really bummed out for a couple hundred years. And they lost like the source of their power, basically. 
Yeah, we don't. Like, the yokai are still out in the world, but they can't really like do anything. Y- yeah, like it's not real clear exactly what their deal is, but that's kind of what it is. Cool. So no. he says, the narrator says, all right, let's go to, let's go away from the age of swords and to the age of reason. Uh, so the, the translation I was watching, Dave, says now we are in a scientific era. Oh, yeah, that, okay, sure. Age of reason, scientific era. I'm, I'm fine with either one of those. Now, actually, Dave, before we go to the scientific era, there's one yeah. more thing about the past that I want to mention. So Go, man. It says that all of the uh, Cocker Rangers are the... So the deal is that all the Cocker Rangers are descendants of these original five uh, Cocker Rangers that we saw in this flashback, right? Like, Yeah, like the Die Rangers. Right, exactly like the Die Rangers. I'm actually really excited to be back in a sort of similar framework to that. Yeah, this show does seem... Well, okay. I mean, like, I know the shows are generally either, like, super science or magic, and this is a magic season. Yeah, so here's the deal. I looked it up, and apparently... All of these characters, like, in the, like, ancient flashback, at least four of the five are actual, like, characters from Japanese, like, history or folklore. Okay, I thought I recognized at least a couple of those names. Yeah, a few of them are all part of this story called the, uh, the Ten Heroes of Sanada, or the Sanada Ten Braves. That sounds rad. Um, like Sasuke, Saizo, and the guy who we... One of the guys we haven't met yet, the uh, Yellow Ranger. And then the Black Ranger is named after like a different dude. The White Ranger, I am not sure, is actually like... That character is a character from Japanese history or folklore. Okay. Um, again, if you guys know differently, please let me know. So that is that is what we were looking for, or looking at here. So, okay, right. So these the guys... Scientific era. Right, so we have like ancient mystical ninjas, and now, but now we're in the scientific era, and all these dudes are like the descendants of those guys, right? Right. So it's Sasuke and what's the other guy's name? Saizo. Saizo. So it's Sasuke and Saizo, and at first it looks like Sasuke is the red ranger and Saizo is the blue ranger. Well, well, that is the case. No, no, no. Okay, sorry, I had it flipped originally because Sasuke is wearing a blue bandana, but is the red ranger, and I. I think that's ridiculous. Okay, so here's here's the thing is it's kind of hard to tell what colors anyone is wearing because here is how these characters are dressed. It is as though they walked them into a room full of every imaginable like super 90s shirt and plaid variation. And yeah, said, just it's all torn it's like, denim yeah, and like flannels. Dudes, like here's a pile of shirts. Wear as many of them at one time as you can fa- manage to like fit onto your torso. And, like, man, those guys go at it with gusto. Like, they're each wearing, I think, at least three shirts. Minimum but I, three shirts. That's right, not counting but, the one around Saizo's waist. But I at least thought I could trust that bandana, because it's like, it's just a bandana, and it's definitely blue. I was like, oh, blue bandana, blue ranger. Nope. Red ranger. Nonsense. Writers. I... Mm. So, anyway, so Sasuke's the red ranger, and we will find out. Like, I, like obviously, guys, they're the rangers. So Sasuke is the Red Ranger, and then Saizo, it turns out, is the Blue Ranger. Correct. But they're pals, and they are arguing about what they're going to get for dinner, and like ramen versus hamburgers, ramen versus hamburgers, and then a dude off, like down, and they're both on motorcycles, because they're awesome. Oh, yeah. And, and, and then the, a dude- the narrator chimes in, and he says, no, you don't want hamburgers or ramen. You need to get like, uh, like something sort of omelet- Omarise or something is what it said in mine. I'm just assuming he's like, you should eat something like super traditionally Japanese. But I think ramen is. 
So, what? Omelet rice? Omelet rice. I don't know what that is, but it sounds real good. I like omelets and I like rice. So, they're like arguing about this and a dude like down the road from them, like they're in the middle of the city and a dude down the road from them is getting mugged and he's like, help, help. And so they run over and like they go to help this dude. But before they can do it, another dude like the mugger steals that dude's bag and like runs away so they chase the dude with the bag saizo throws a shoe at him Uh, he falls over oh yeah sasuke sasuke throws a shoe at him he falls over they run over grab the bag and then the dude who got mugged like runs up and he's like guys you gotta help me you gotta help me he's like i'm hurt i guess you've gotta get this bag to crop cop a shrine inari shrine on like this island and they open the bag and it's full of money and they're like holy crap that's so much money because he's these like guys, guys by can... the way part, part of their conversation earlier was oh, why, yeah, when oh, they were yeah, arguing yeah, about yeah. food is that they do not have any money yeah so he's like guys you could take a reward for yourselves it's totally cool but you've got to get this bag to this shrine also this dude is wearing like a bomber's hat and goggles and his lips are green so he's clearly like he's clearly an NPC. Like yeah, this, this dude is not a townsperson. In my notes, it just says this not at all suspicious man. Right. So he's like, you guys got to go. And they're like, well, I guess okay if it'll get us some money. So the next thing we see is these guys are on a boat. So they have a boat, I guess, or they rented one or something. So they get out to this shrine, and there's just a bunch of school kids in masks. Like you do. Yeah, like animal masks. I think the style of this like style of mask is like real is kind of specific to some sort of festival, I wanna say. Oh, interesting. Like I think I've seen this in Blade of the Immortal. Okay. And like I wouldn't swear to it, but like they look sort of familiar and like but they're like animal masks. And so there's kids there, and then there's one girl in like a kimono. And the guys roll up and they're like, well, this is very strange because as far as we know, this island is abandoned. And now there's a bunch of kids in masks and a girl in a kimono. And if that doesn't scream like creepy, like creepy spirits, then right. like, maybe ju- literally nothing on the planet does. That just screams ninja problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anytime like they- I see like a little, a little girl with like a super traditional haircut and a kimono, Guaranteed ninja problems. What was the man, Matt? What was it called? Um, not Ninja Blade. It was the Wrath of the Ninja. Wrath of the Ninja. Oh man! Oh, with Keiji, the Quiet Doom. Oh, dude, that show, that movie was so good. I've tried to find it online. I can't find it. But anyway, same thing. There's like a little girl, and she's in a kimono, and she's got a like a bouncy ball, and then it turns out she's like a terrifying demon or something. It's well, we don't find that crazy. out yet. Um, so... No, I'm sorry. In Wrath of the Ninja, she's a crazy demon, is what oh, I'm saying. right, right, right. Well, in Wrath of the yeah, Ninja, yeah, yeah. almost everyone, other than the titular ninjas, were crazy demons. That's... <laughs> uh, so... And actually, I think some of them ended up being demons as well. Man, uh, I don't know. So, Maybe okay. it's been a minute. So, they try to talk to these kids, but the kids just, like, start singing and running off, and they're chasing after this girl. The girl is running through the woods and, like fading in and out and teleporting to different parts of the woods and they're just right. chasing her as though that's not terrifying 
Yeah, these dudes are way more okay with everything that happens than possibly makes sense. And at first you might think it's like, well, they're like the descendants of these super powerful ninjas. Of course, they've grown up in like a heritage of ninja-ing. That is not the case. These dudes are not ninjas. They're just weirdly fine with everything that's happening. So, so basically, like, this is like a, this chase scene is like way longer than it needs to, but it did give me like a nice respite to get my notes sorted out. Which is very so, kind of them. Yeah, so, so they're chasing, she's teleporting, chase, teleport, chase, teleport. Now, eventually they give up, and they're sitting down on a log, and they say, like, dude, we, like, this is going nowhere. I have no idea where this shrine is. We can't Clearly, find these kids. Yeah, like, man. We just need to go back. Like, we just need to leave, and I don't know, we'll give this money to the police or something, and they can and we'll, Yeah, like, we'll just explain what happened, and it'll be fine. So, when... Like, right as they're saying this, the kids appear again, and they're just like, oh my gosh, okay, we were going to give up, and they're like, they're right there. So they run over, and they end up in, but the kids, of course, disappear again. But they do end up in front of the, like, shrine door thing where all the yokai are sealed away. Yes, the seal door, as it was referred to. Yeah. Oh, and there's like a statue in front of it. Which I don't know the relevance of the statue, but it's there. I think the relevance of the statue is like, you know how in Zelda, if you want to open a door, you need to like push a statue and flip a switch and like do a spell? Oh, yeah. Well, that is. They do definitely do that. You also have to move the statue first. Okay, so they are there and the statue is there, but they don't actually, they don't actually open the door yet. But what does happen is that the kids turn into evil ninjas. And they start chasing yeah, Sasuke and, like, and Saizo. And they throw a bunch of spears at them, and the spears land at their feet. And Sasuke and Saizo are just like, oh no, it's a ninja attack. <laughs> right, they're just like, oh man, ninja attack. So they boogie, like they're running away, and they get split up, and Saizo has the bag originally, and like he drops it down a well or something, and then he falls down. I looked away for like literally half a second to write something down, and when I looked back, the scene had completely changed and Saizo was surrounded by skeletons. <laughs> yeah, so Saizo So I don't actually like, know the transition there, what's weird but is it was that fast. It, what's weird is that it looks as though for a moment, because like you don't really see what's happening. You just see like looking up the well, uh, like Sasuke looking down, like calling for Saizo. And Saizo has fallen down and he's in this area that's like full of human skeletons. And then the camera cuts away. And the well, like the hole is not like a trap hole in the middle of like a field. It is a well that is like built into the side of a wall. So Saizo would have had to like run straight into it to fall down. Amazing. So he's down there and he's like, gotta find the bag of money, gotta find the bag of money. And he's like rooting around for it. And only when he finds it does he realize that he is just literally surrounded by human skeletons. Which is, that's a bad moment for Saizo. Yeah, you don't, that's not cool. So he freaks out and then somehow gets out of there. There's like a little door down there, I guess. I don't know, man. You would (sighs) think that if there was a door down there, any of the other skeletons would have at some point before they were skeletons left. Maybe they all Died in the fall? I don't know. That got dark. Uh, so, so we cut back to uh, Sasuke. And Sasuke is running away from other ninjas. And, like, he steps on a rock. And all of a sudden, like, it is as though he is in an Indiana Jones movie. Because these giant spike traps, like, lift out of the ground. And oh, that's right. Him. I forgot about that. 
And he does manage to like dive roll out of the way, but just barely. Okay, so they like they somehow meet back up in front of the seal door. Okay. And when like when they get there, the bag sort of like flies out of Saizo's hand and onto the statue. And then they sort of look up and we see that the girl has like a fishing pole, I guess, that yeah. she's trying to like And has like she like grabbed it out of his hands with the fishing pole and now it's stuck on the statue. Yeah. Saizo sees this, runs over and grabs the bag and is like you can't have this. Now the ninja, like the ninja monsters, because they're not regular ninjas, they've got like weird monster faces. Yeah. Are running towards them. But as like they approach the seal door, there's like something about it that makes them stop. Right. Because like but... they are like these yokai monsters and they can't approach like the ninja magic of the seal door. Which we but know it, as viewers, but Saizo and Sasuke have no idea what's going on. Yes, but it turns out it doesn't matter because all you have to do to open the seal door is accidentally step on a secret panel that's like hidden on the ground, and then it just opens. Which like, seems there's like a very no bad security system. Yeah, like there's nothing. It's not like it's not like oh, you need to have like descendants of all five, and they need to like do a thing, and you trick. It's like literally. Okay, now in in this show's defense, I think that that switch was like below the statue, and the statue reacted and moved when Sasuke and Saizo appeared. Oh well, all right. So I that think is that you actually did need to have those two guys, or at least, you know, some of the people who were descendants to be able to do this. All right. Well, that's otherwise, they would have done this, like, day one. Yeah. So, the secret panel, the door opens, and then the little girl, it turns out, like, she shapeshifts, and she turns into the weird dude from before. The green-lipped dude. With the the green-lipped dude. And he jumps down, and he's like, got you, jerks. And they're like, what are you talking about? And he says, this was all a trick to get you guys here, to get you to open the door. Like, that's not even real money in that bag. Look in the bag. And Saizo looks in the bag, and all of the money has turned into cucumbers. Dude, is that a Kappa's thing? Listeners, if you know... Man, because he, like, eats the cucumber, the Kappa duck. Oh, the guy turns into, like, a Kappa monster. What? Anyways, okay, this so, is what this dude looks like. He looks like if the creature from the Black Lagoon got like really into like Bob Marley and playing soccer while he was in college. Like that is what dude, this dude that's looks real. like. Nope, that's perfect. That is exactly what that thing is. Now, and maybe he a, digs cucumbers. We get a brief cutaway to the narrator, and the narrator. Oh wait, says, hold up, hold up, hold up. Wait, 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 Matt. There is a thing that happens just before that. Which is that a dude, a different dude, a younger dude, also in a pink kimono, but with like a big floppy hat, appears on a cloud that just flies in. And his name is Sundayu, and he explains a little bit the situation. He's like, oh yeah, these are monsters, and you guys are descendants of ninjas. Later. Yeah, it's like, I guess this is your destiny. Bye. Right. And then electricity shoots out of the door, and the yokai turn from ninjas into, like, blue body-suited monsters with, like, scream faces. And then the cop is like, I'm all charged up! And then we go back to the old guy narrator. 
Now, who, this is where the narrator turns from, like, goofy dude to, like, guy I don't like. Because yep. the way he describes the Kappa is like, hey, this is the Kappa. They're, like, sort of turtle dudes, and they hang out in, like, rivers and lakes, and they like to touch the bottoms of young girls. And he's like, I also like to touch the bottoms of young girls. Awesome. <laughs> and it's like, dude, that's Great. not awesome. You suck, and I don't like you now, and now we have to listen to this weird creepo uh, narrate the rest of the show for 50 more episodes. Thanks, dude. Thanks a bunch, fellas. So, then Sandu tell. oh, sorry, Sandu, who is the dude on the cloud, he doesn't, we're back to the guys. He doesn't disappear yet. He just says, embrace your destiny, and then he leaves. So, then all the yokai escape, which is represented by, like, energy just flying out of the door. And then we have a couple of, like, morphed photos that are special affected in there. Uh, and they sort of get out. And then the kappa is like, I'm going to kill you now. And then they disappear and are in a subway station. No, okay. Here's what he says. He says, like, I want to thank you guys for setting me free, but I can't let you get in our way. So, like, he attacks them, and that attack just, like, teleports them away. Yes. So, they appear in a subway station, and then they get attacked by what I'm just going to call the putties, because I don't know what they're called. And then they run into a couple of monsters. They run into a garbage can monster. A wall monster breaks through a wall. Yup. And then a flasher eyeball monster... And it's just, it's horrifying. It's the worst monster I've ever seen because it looks like a dude with no skin, but who is covered in eyes. And then he has like, it looks like a trench coat, but it looks like it's maybe made out of his own skin. So he just has giant flaps of skin that he holds in front of himself. And then he opens those flaps of skin like a flasher would open a trench coat. And then it's just more eyes set in a wall of skinless flesh. Yeah, it's pretty bad, you guys. This it dude was, sucks. He sucks yeah, real bad. It was the grossest monster I've ever seen, I think, bar none, except maybe the monster that was made out of 100% lips. That oh, dude was yeah, also was pretty gross. bad. Yeah. So they run away from those monsters, and then they look over, and a giant castle has appeared. Like a giant medieval-style, like, Japanese castle has appeared in the middle of town. And Saizo says what we are all thinking, like, have I gone insane? Yes, you have. But yes, he also does say that. Yes to both of them. And then Sandyu, like, they look over, and Sandyu is there, like, standing on, like, a roof. But now he's got, like, a giant hat and a cape, and he's still in the kimono, and he has a rose. He had the hat and he before, says, in fairness. He did have the hat before, sorry. But the cape, I think, is new, maybe not. And he says, hey, guys, like, hope you know what's up. And he points the rose at them and teleports them to the Phantom Castle. He's yeah, like, he you says, guys need like, to go see, check out the Phantom Castle. Yeah, like, Surahime is waiting for you there. Like, later, dudes. And then they just appear at the Phantom Castle, which at first is just an empty field. And they, they walk over, and there's the five swords from the original ninjas, okay? Right. And Sasuke's it, like, oh, huh, we, we got uh, got some katanas here. Got, cool. Yep, sure. Got some swords. Awesome. And then they look over, and this castle is there, and it's the same castle. And they're like, huh, how did that castle get from in town to where we are? And then an origami crane flies down, and it turns into, I think, Tsuruhime? And she introduces herself. She says, I'm Tsuruhime, like, the 27th. 
or whatever generation or it was. or something, but I, like a whole I bunch of generations was, later. I just for the sake of accuracy, I think it was the twenty fourth. Okay, twenty fourth, and they're like, "Dang, that girl's super cute," which doesn't seem like a relevant thing to be discussing right now, guys. But and then she gets really she, mad at them, and Sizo was like, "Hey, she's even really cute when she's mad," and she's which like, "Which again, my dudes, like there is a problem." These swords were, like, placed here by your ancestors. We are all ninja. We need to draw these swords together. Like, get with the program, buddies. Yeah, so she apparently knows what's up. Like, who? so Tsuruhime's descendants have been, like, on the ball. Sasuke, or, uh, yeah, well, that's Tsuruhime because she's the 24th one. The descendants of, like, Sasuke and Saizo's family are not on the ball because these dudes have no idea what's happening. So she's like, guys, like, come on. Like, we have to, like, let's do this. Like, grab the swords. We're all going to grab them at once. And then ninjas. So they all grab the swords. And then there's lightning on them. And then lightning shoots out of the swords. And then the castle breaks apart. And, and it's a castle sword. Up. And it's called Mighty Shogun. And it's, it's a Zord who is a castle. It's super amazing. Dude, the the great shogun thing, uh the the DVDs translated as uh, muteke shogun. I don't know what that word means, but I can look it up while you're talking. So, the mighty shogun just stands up. And then the original ninjas show, like the original five ninjas show up. And they're just like, "Hey, dudes," like talking to each other, like, "Hey guys, what's up with those dudes? They must be our descendants." But they clear like they don't look like ninja. What's going on? Like it's very clear that they do not approve of their descendants. But yeah, it's just like these are just kids. Are they going to be okay? And by the way, any attempt to Google Muteki Shogun only comes up with pictures of Kaki Rangers. So I have no additional explanation. So the original, like the color appropriate of the three original Ninja Rangers, say. Here, except these Doron chargers, which are just, they're Doron chargers. Like, they're just very clearly, like, science chargers. Yeah, man, it's all good. But but ninjas, why wouldn't it be like a medallion? Because they're not going to sell toys of medallions. You could okay. So they're Doron chargers. It's the third year in, we already went through all this with Die Ranger stuff. Is tech like weird stuff that shouldn't be technology is technology because it's a Sentai show. Like <sighs> okay. I, I wish that we could still make jokes about it. No, but I feel you're like right. We burned I just all of those jokes two years ago. We did, but I forgot about it when we were watching Jetman because in Jetman, like it makes sense, and I forgot. Yes. And now there's ninjas with Doron chargers. By the way, Muteki Shogun, I am now reading, uh, translates loosely into Invincible General, which seems pretty accurate. Yep, that sounds pretty good. So they're like, use the Doron chargers only in your time of greatest need. So like approximately once a week is how that's going to translate out. And then they're like, you guys, shape up, shave daily, brush your teeth, and then the ninjas disappear. Which is great, because it's like, you know, they are like these ancient, uh, like, ninja bros, but they are also like their great-great-great-great-grandfather, so it's fun to have a little bit of, uh, you know, like, wait, hey, listen, like, you're Shape up there, young blood. Don't yeah. look like a scrub all the time. So then, the kappa appears, and the kappa goes to attack them, and then the, like, 
Tsurahime makes sense because she clearly is in like a ninja family. Sasuke and Saizo are just like, oh yeah, right on, Doron Charger, like Ninja Sentai Kaku Ranger, Sasuke. And like they do a pose, like they all know exactly what to do. This is very clearly rehearsed. And then, like, then they immediately forget what to do. Like, well, they knew as okay, like, here's, that here's much was instinctive. Thought. Here's my thought: is that the Doron Changer itself comes with some sort of like, like when you have it, it like you know, and you are like aligned with it, you know how to use it and like what goes on, right? But then, what's great is that as soon as they turn into the Kaku Rangers, like Surahime is like a ninja. Like she was dressed yeah. as a ninja before. Now she's a superhero ninja, but she's still a ninja. Sasuke and Saizo apparently have never done any ninja-ing before in their lives. Yeah, just nothing. And so, like, they transform, and it goes into a fight scene. And normally what you would think is you would get, like, each one of them fighting and sort of, like, close-ups on them, right? But what we you do not get, get that. Is we get Tsurahime, and she's fighting, and then we cut away to Saizo and Sasuke, who are just like up on the ridge, looking down at her fighting. Like, wow, yeah, that's really great. She's like, super dang, impressive. That's wow, that's super neat. Like that chick's a ninja. This is amazing. So then they do. So like they're fighting. The ninjas sort of like disappear. Tsurahime is like throwing shuriken, but we're getting. Batman 66 style, like, bang, pow, but it just goes like, shush, shush, shuriken. Which is delightful. Yeah, which is incredible. Uh, and then she drops... Her shuriken, by the way, are not, like, star-shaped. They are shaped like her, like, Kaku Ranger logo. Oh, I missed that, but that is really neat. And then she drops, like, petal storm technique, which is literally just, like, animated cherry blossoms flying at the bad guys, and then they explode. Red and blue, like they pull their swords because she yells at them. She's like, guys, you've got swords. Do something. Like, please help me. Help me do something. So they try. And it actually, okay, it seems like it goes poorly. But given that these dudes apparently have no idea what's happening, it goes fairly well. Because it's them versus the Kappa. And we get like a ninja energy blur fight where they sort of, and they do a really neat job of it. And well, it we looks saw awesome. it. In Die Ranger a little bit, and basically what it is is, like, all the guys jump up, and then they turn into flashes of energy, and the flashes of energy, like, bounce around the screen, like, clanging against each other, and then they land, and then they're people again, and then they jump up, and they turn back into flashes of energy. So, we're getting the vibe that this is at least, like, a superhero fight, which is cool. it's it's super cool. And I think they've upped the, like, what they do to animate that effect in between Die Ranger and Kaku Ranger. Oh it's yeah, they definitely more, did. Like, it's better than Die Ranger. Now. Yeah, it's neat looking. And so they're fighting, but red and blue are definitely losing. And then the Kappa like has a Kappa themed like soccer ball. But he calls it a basketball, which makes which leaves me a lot which of is, questions. Yep, sure is not, but he kicks it at them, and then it seems like he has one, but he kicks one at each of them, so I guess he's got three, and then they explode. And then it's like, oh man, things are bad for the Rangers, I guess. But then Mighty Shogun activates. Okay, now this and makes me question another thing, which is that the Mighty Shogun, the invincible general that is a castle that stood up, right, and is uh-huh. holding a flaming sword, is Ju- right And just there. to be clear, this is not like a special effects flaming sword. They just have a dude in a suit, and that prop is just on 
fire and it's, it looks amazing dude it's awesome because what it actually is like he pulls out a hilt and then that hilt is like a flamethrower and it shoots fire out and then there's like a camera cut and instead of just being fire now it's a blade and the blade is like wreathed in flames dude it's this this thing is freaking awesome. rad but so what happens is like he's just standing there and then the kappa attacks and they're going through this whole fight and then at the end mighty shogun just rolls over and like swats him away with a sword it's great it's yeah. as though the kappa showed up looked at that thing was like eh, that's not gonna be a problem and it, it was for him so the kappa is like flying away but then he's like he doesn't die he ends up on like a cliffside and a flying head with like dreadlock tentacles flies over to him and he's like oh hey babe good to see you and she's like hey honey what's going on because i guess they're married and then we go back to the narrator and he's just like wow this is some crazy stuff huh and he disappears and that's the end of the show yep and then we get the putties like the closing sequence is the putties doing like a hip hop dance routine and then a guy is sort of rapping over them, but about shurikens. And then we see the Kaku Rangers on shark cycles. Yeah, I don't know why their motorcycles are shark themed, but they 100% nope. are. Yeah, they definitely are shark themed though. And that's the first episode of Ninja Sentai Kaku Ranger. Welcome to Kaku Ranger, everybody. So, Dave, man, what do you think? Like, what? Are, okay, obviously, this is your first time seeing anything of this show. What are your first impressions? Okay, my first big thing is I'm pretty psyched that it does seem as ninja-y as it does. Yes. I, I, I genuinely assumed that this was going to be, like, a really vague nod to anything even vaguely ninja-related. But, like, no, man, it's, like, ninjas when they're, like, they've got cool outfits and shuriken and, like, ninja powers and everything. So, like, I'm into it. How about you? I like it. It's, I think that we were right that this one is going to be a lot more goofy than Jetman was. Yes. I, yeah, that totally seems to be the case. I'm fine with that. Uh, the monsters but of course, are a little on the gruesome side. But, you, you know, know like, Die Ranger seemed like it was going to be real goofy at first, too. And then it got super intense. Yeah, it did. It sure did. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes. I like that it seems that even though, like, Sasuke is the Red Ranger, like, Surahime seems like she's the one who's actually in charge, and I really dig that. Yeah, that is pretty rad. I'm I'm going to go so far as to guess that that will probably not remain the case just because, like, he is the Red Ranger. But I dig that at least at first, Tsuruhime seems to be the one who, like, knows what's up and is taking care of business. Now, in previous seasons, this is when I would ask, would have asked Dave, Dave, what's your high point of the episode? Um, but, like, honestly, we got a little sick of that structure, so we're just going to do a little, like, post-show wrap-up talk, which we just did. And also, we are going to be doing the episode-by-episode uh, episode Creature Royale where we add the new monsters to our currently existing list of monsters. But this dude is still alive. Yeah, I don't want to go adding people to the list until they've gotten blown up by a giant flaming sword. Yeah. Uh, and this dude, uh, that did not happen. I don't know if he's a monster of the week that lasted a week, or if we're going to be dealing with this Kappa for the entire season. So I don't want to go ranking him yet. But as we go forward, that is what we are going to be doing with this part of the episode. Yep. 
But that's it for this yeah. episode. So thanks for joining us on the very first episode of A View to a Cocky Ranger. Yes, that is going to do it for this, our inaugural episode of A View to a Cocky Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all you can email the show at supersentaibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out what we're talking about on Twitter, we are at Super Sentai Bros. If you like the show, and hey, this is a good time to do this because it is the beginning of a new season and a great time for uh, new listeners to jump on, uh, give us a rating. Give us uh, Shining in the iTunes review section. There are five stars. That helps people uh, find the show if you rate and review there. Uh, tell people that you know who you think might like it that this exists. Uh, if you have any buds who are like super into Kaka Ranger but not already into us... That's some good. That's some good synergy. Yeah, man, we got a whole thing. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's it. Super Sentai Brothers is a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. We are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave, and we will see you next week. Calculator.